you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. A little takeaway podcast after a, a really interesting week of football would be the word I would use. How about you, Buck? Hey, it is an interesting week, but I, here's what I like. I like that football is now becoming more like real football because once we get to Thanksgiving, teams begin to play what we call big boy football. A little more physical. A little more physical. You see the running game. Quarterbacks matter. And you can't hide your quarterback when we get to this stretch. And I think what you're seeing, the teams that are legitimate contenders, they can run the ball when they need to run it, but they also are getting very, very efficient quarterback play. There you go. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into our 10 takeaways here, starting off with number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers survive. Ben gets the snap, rolls right. He looks, he runs, he dives. He's in. He's in. He's in. He's, in. Oh! He's got a touchdown. Ben has a touchdown rolling right. What a play call at the goal line. Well, there you go. Pittsburgh Steelers down most of this football game against the Jags team that beat them twice last year, Buck, and thought maybe they just had their number, but the Steelers do what they've done for decades now. They find a way to get it done, and watching the tape uh, defensively for the Steelers, because their defense really kept them in this ball game until their offense could get their footing. Ben had some turnovers. I'll tell you what, man. When you watch Cam Hayward inside uh, working with Hargrave, that is as good of an interior combination as we have in the NFL right now. They ran same game a couple times, got sacks. I think they ended up with six sacks in this game. T.J. Watt had two sacks, two forced fumbles. Bud Dupree was collapsing the pocket on his side. Now, I know this Jags offensive line is not what uh, people were hoping it was going to be, but I thought that defensive front for the Steelers kept them in this ball game. Yeah, the defense kept them in the game. And, you know, a couple things that kept them in the game. The defense definitely played well enough to keep them in the game. The lack of confidence in Blake Bortles also helped them stay in the game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars ran the ball on 43, uh, 43 rushing attempts. Uh, they had their way. They were having success. But to finish games out, you still have to be able to get plays in the passing game. And when I look at the Jaguars' passing game, you can have the issues at quarterback, but they also don't have an established playmaker in the passing game that they can lean on to, climb, to close it out. And – for all the good things that the defense does for the Jaguars, they broke down in critical moments. 
Big play to Antonio Brown. The safety just vacates the middle of the field, leaves a wide open 78-yard touchdown. And then, you know, Jalen Ramsey had a terrific game, but there was a miscommunication on a rub route that Antonio Brown catches on a critical third and 10 where he's expecting a lurk safety to be in the middle and he's not there. And so when I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars learned a critical lesson this year. Just because you have a great year one year doesn't, doesn't carry audit, over. It doesn't carry over. you got to go back and do the same things. you got to re-earn the right to be in that spot. And they are learning that if you don't do the work, it's hard to get there. All right, what's your, what's your first takeaway? The Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. Whoa. So it's 42 for the win. Operation good. 42 away. Maher for the win. Cowboys win. Hey, now, see, now this is the Dallas Cowboys team that I was expecting to see at the beginning <laughs> of the year. This is a team that I thought we received. Look, it has to be a team that is built around Ezekiel Elliott. We thought that Scott Linehan would make it a point to feature Ezekiel Elliott not only as a runner but as a receiver. The last two weeks, we have seen the Dallas Cowboys put everything on Ezekiel Elliott, and he has responded in splendid fashion. When you look at his game, 22 carries, 23 carries, 122 yards, a touchdown, um, got over 200 scrimmage yards because he had a couple big plays in the passing game. This is Ezekiel Elliott that everyone wanted to see. Seven catches in the passing game? I mean, give it to him. That is what it is, and I think we have to begin to talk about him being in that same conversation with Todd Gurley and Levin Bell in terms of being the best all-around complete back. When he is going, the Dallas Cowboys are hard to beat because they can control the game, limit the exposure to their defense, and they can win in the end, which is what they were able to do against the Falcons. Yeah, you know, look, the Cowboys might end up being the best team in the NFC East. I don't know I'm going to I'm gonna argue that with you. The only thing I would say my takeaway watching this was, uh, man, I, you know, the, the Cowboys' defense was more the story than even Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, this Falcons' offense holding them the way they did, holding them in check, holding them under 20 points. I thought the Cowboys' offense going up against the Falcons' defense that's been ravaged by injuries, a defense that we saw get torched in Cleveland. I don't, you know, I, I know they were efficient, but only putting up 22 points doesn't get me all that fired up about their offense as much as I would say holding the Falcons to 19 and flying around with Leighton Vander Esch and company on defense. How about Leighton Vander Esch? He's a stud. Look, I, I, I knew we talked about him during the draft process, but I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't think he would be like this. I didn't think he would be that good. I think it's the situation of a top prospect going to the right team that can maximize his skills. Look, man, I don't care when Sean Lee plays. Sean, when Sean Lee returns, Sean Lee's a backup. I'm going with the young guys because Jalen Smith is also beginning to play well. Jalen Smith, LVE. That young defense lights out. One more quick thing there. Teams don't invest high picks in linebackers very much anymore. And now I think you're seeing what they did. We're seeing how the Bears defense is doing. And, and looks, I mean, th- think about it. Roquan don't forget Smith, about the linebackers. Yeah, Roquan Smith. Yeah, you can count Leonard Floyd in that. Yeah. Then making a big deal for Khalil Mack for all intents and purposes is an outside linebacker. Yeah, you can invest in that position. There you go. All right, let's get to the next takeaway. Uh, for me, uh, Kirk Cousins, he just uh, he wasn't good enough. Four-man Bears rush. Cousins throwing right side. Intercepted. Picked off by Eddie Jackson. Up the left sideline to the 10, to the 5, and a touchdown. Eddie Jackson with a pick six. And it's 20-6, to Chicago. Yeah, 14-6 to at the time of that interception, which was returned for a touchdown. Really, oh look, the, the narrative's been out there for a long time. I'm a Kirk Cousins supporter, but the narrative exists. He does not play well in primetime games on big stages. He hasn't been at his best. Now, some of those I can pin on on other parts of the team, where the offensive line, no run game or a defense. But I, I can't I can't make excuses on this one, Buck. When you when you go back and watch it, 
He misses a deep ball early in the game to Stephon Diggs. Should have been a yeah. long touchdown, wide open, NFL open. Uh, you've got to find a way to make that throw. And then the two interceptions, just breaking those down real quick. The first one, it's a miscommunication with Rudolph, okay? So a lot of times, oh, it's a miscommunication. I don't put it on the quarterback. But he's throwing off of his back foot, and we always talk about back foot floaters. Nothing good's going to happen on a back foot floater throwing the ball over the middle of the field. So even if you think he's going to convert that against cover two and run down the seam, yes. that ball is on a line. So I can't give him a free pass for the miscommunication. If it was on a line, it's an incompletion. But the fact that you just kind of lay the ball up in the air with a deep safety hits him right in the chest, like that's that has nothing to do even with the miscommunication. That's a terrible throw. And the other, and the other interception, the pick six, it's cover two. You've got a flat corner. It's, you see the combination in high school. You, you sure you see it each and every week. Yep. You see the corner sink. You got to take the flat. Got to take it. And not only the ball's picked off by Eddie Jackson because he stared it down. If it wasn't picked off by Eddie Jackson, it would have been picked off by the corner. He took him right to the football. He's got to take what the defense has given him. You know, as much as we can lay the blame on Kirk Cousins, I think you have to talk about the offensive coordinator, John D. Filippo. Uh, Fourteen rushing attempts. I mean, this uh-huh. is the team. The Minnesota Vikings were built on their defense. And how many times did they throw game. it? Fifty. I, I mean, they threw it like, like fifty-one he, times. He has forty-six. Pass attempts, that doesn't include sacks or whatever. Yeah. You're not going to win the National Football League being that one-dimensional. They have to run the ball. And even when it's not successful early in the game, you have to have a level of balance to make the defense play the way that you want to play to create some of the opportunities that you want on play action. Even if they come out throwing early, play action and all that other stuff, at some point the game has to settle down enough where they run the ball. You can't have games where you only have 14 rushing attempts. You can't no, win. No, I'm with you on that one. All right, keep, keep the train rolling here. What's next? Game is on the line. Fourth and three. Dalton to throw. His pass near sideline is broken up. Incomplete. And with 142 left to play, the haze in the barn. Marlon Humphrey broke up the pass that was intended for Cody Core. Baltimore Ravens offense packs more punch with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I mean, look, it's not ugly. It's not one of those things that is going to be aesthetically pleasing to those who love uh, seeing balls thrown through the air, but Lamar Jackson coming into this offense forced the Baltimore Ravens to play a different style. They were running read option the entire time, but the results were outstanding. 54 rushing attempts, 265 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Come, I mean, for the Ravens ball carries, two guys go over 100 yards. Now, Lamar Jackson had 27 carries. You don't want to see him run it you that think? much. You don't think? You don't want to see him run it that much. But Gus Edwards, I know what you're saying. Who? Gus Edwards had 115 yards on 17 attempts. Hold up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the text that I sent to a mutual friend of ours in the organization. This was a text I sent him this morning. See that? <laughs> you can read it. You can read it out. You can read it out. Who the heck is Gus Edwards? <laughs> I, sent him. I sent it to my buddies in the organization. I said, who the heck is Gus Edwards? So uh, I got I got some answers. I talked to him. So. Un- undrafted, undrafted free agent, I think, from Rutgers. He was a grad transfer from Miami. So he had been at Miami and then uh, transferred to Rutgers. He's got some size, ran 4-5-2. But I asked him what's the difference between him and Alex Collins. And the answer that I got was, well, he's – uh, Alex Collins get bounce happy every now and then, and he said this kid just going to hit it in the middle. But to be honest with you, whoever's going to play running back with Lamar Jackson is going to have lanes. They're going to have, have lanes. And look, it's, go- it's, it's part of the RG3 effect. When RG3 went to Washington, oh, Alfred Morris went Alfred off. Morris was a six-round pick. Alfred Morris may have led the league in rushing that year, uh, if I'm not a mistaken. Benefactor. But he's a benefactor. And what you saw very early in this game, watching it, and, and Lamar Jackson pulls a couple times, had some big runs very early, first drive. 
all of a sudden the defense is like, oh, we got to pay attention to the quarterback. So now you start gashing with the running game, and it's the yin and the yang with that. That said, they're going to have to evolve this offense to doing more than just that. They have to find a way to have a complementary passing game to go with it. They didn't necessarily have that in place, and they were able to get away with it, but they need to be able to take some shots off play action. They need to have some complimentary throws to help Lamar Jackson get into a groove. But first game out, it is different. It's going to be hard for teams to prepare for because you just can't simulate what he does in practice. All right, a couple things. I'm going to go through his completions real quick, and then I have a thought on uh, on the Bengals' defense here, Buck. Uh, 13 completions. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, play action in the flat, scramble in the flat. Uh, pure drop back, hit a shallow cross. Pure drop back, hit a slant. Play action in the flat, play action on a slant. Drop back, hit a hitch. Uh, drop back, scrambled. Uh, play action, hit the little tight end pop. Drop back, dig. Drop back, dig. Those were his two best throws of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, another scramble, make a play, uh, completion, and then another shallow cross. So what we said about Lamar Jackson going through the process, everything coming in, comfortable. Everything short underneath, comfortable. Driving the ball outside, not his, not his thing. We, saw, we said it in his pro it. day. Don't ask him to do it. They didn't do it one time. I don't think they threw the ball over 20 yards, but one time in this entire game. So they weren't doing that. So that's my first thought there. They're going to have to they're going to have to grow and evolve this offense a little bit more in that mm-hmm. direction. On the Cincinnati Bengals, and I know Marvin Lewis has taken over this defense. And I know they got shredded by the Cleveland Browns. This was the worst defensive game plan I've seen, and I don't know when. Their safeties are in the parking lot. <laughs> we just talked. They did not even attempt to push the ball vertically down the field. Why are your safeties playing back? Crowd, yeah. Make this a half-court game. Crowd the line of scrimmage. Take that away. Use secondary to defenders to, to play the run. They got continually flat-footed and reached on the edge on zone read. I, I don't know how. I mean, one thing, if Lamar Jackson is going to run that many times, okay, we're going to set contain and we're going to force him into big guys. Yep. Make him run back into the middle field into big bodies, and then we'll see how long they want to keep doing that. When you give him a soft edge, and he's going to take off and go out of bounds for what are you doing? Yeah, the, the, what are you doing? The funny thing about this version of Lamar Jackson, it wasn't even the exciting one that we saw at Louisville. He no. was just kind of tiptoeing, and and you could tell that he'd been coached to like, hey, try and get out of bounds, try and do some things. I was waiting to be like, hey man, let it loose. Yeah, like go ahead and just buck, buck, let it rip. There's third and four early in this game, and they go empty. Okay. Put on oh, they let, him, they let him run a quarterback put, draw. Put on your defensive coordinator hat for a second. They're in empty. Your safeties are in the parking lot. You've got Mike, two linebackers. Your Mike linebackers no, walk down. No, no, out. no. They run both inside, both inside receivers run out routes. You chase them. It was like the Red Sea. I'm like, this is high school football. Like, how do you do that? How do you give him that? I mean, I, I, I did see that. I was like. I was like, man, like, court, like that's first thing. That's my daughter would be yelling, watch a draw, watch a draw. <laughs> What are you doing? They ran that quarterback draw three times. Unbelievable. Anyways. They let him get loose. The first drive, he had like 45, 50 yards. And I was Bad like, defense, man. Like, man, you can let Lamar Jackson just have a day, huh? Unbelievable. Uh, all right. I, I got caught up there. Let's keep this thing moving here. Uh, Drew Brees, one of the best games of his career. Fourth down and seven coming up. Empty backfield for Brees. Breeze takes the snap, drops back, looks to his right, lost one down the sideline. Alvin Kamara caught at the 10, into the end zone! Alvin Kamara, 38 yards, and the Saints continue to dance in the Superdome. Now, I, I, we took a little long there on Lamar Jackson, so to get this thing back on track, I can quickly go through this, Buck. That was as impressive a quarterback tape as, I, as I've watched in a long time. Uh, Drew Brees had 10 to 12 throws in this in this game. Guys are plastered in coverage, and there is – I mean, I'm talking about the windows he's putting the football with his accuracy. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. 
And I'm sitting here one like, he can't throw that ball. Oh my, Yeah, he just threw that ball. He, he finds a way to fit it in. And the other thing is Traquan Smith is a little bit of a revelation here. The rookie out of UCF, I went back and looked at my notes. Um, he dropped 1.7% of the balls to him at UCF. So you've got Michael Thomas, who just runs good routes and catches everything. Now you bring in Traquan Smith. Guess what? Big, runs good routes, catches everything. Yep. And you've got the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL. Good luck. Good, it wor- luck. good it, luck stopping these it guys. It works for them. And I think if, if you have time, anyone who is listening to the pod, please read Peter King's column that's up today, uh, Football World in America. He is behind the scenes with the New Orleans Saints, and it was game planning. He talked about how they want to attack, how they put it together. Anybody that's interested in quarterback play will love it. I think the big thing, my takeaway, is we could talk about Drew Brees and what they were able to do. Their running backs, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, the way that they utilize them, the way they use Alvin Kamara as a decoy to get Mark Ingram off, and the way they use Kamara in the passing game, it's fantastic. Look, this team is balanced. They can do whatever they want to do. They can run it. They can throw it. They can attack you. And defensively, Eli Apple has been a nice addition to them. They put him in a comfort level with Marshawn Lattimore, Von Bell, two of his teammates from Ohio State. I think he's kind of found himself in terms of his confidence. He's playing much, much better in the back end. Now – I don't, I don't gamble, you know. But <laughs> hypothetically, if you've ever seen somebody, when they, uh, when they take all their chips, let's say, let's say you're uh, playing blackjack, put, put all your chips in. Uh huh. Last, last hand, all your chips are in, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden you get a face card on the deal, and you, or you get an ace, and you kind of just feel like, okay, I think we're, this might pay off for me. Yep. The Saints went all in. They went. They traded a first-round pick for Marcus Davenport, even though he's been injured. Uh, he made that trade for Eli Apple. They they have gone all in with this football team, and so far, Buck, it's looking like they hit might hit, might hit a little blackjack. Yeah, they might have hit it. You know, the one thing you wonder are they going to have like a little skid where they have some adversity? But right now, this team is clicking on all cylinders. All right, Candid makes it convenient, affordable, and easy to straighten your teeth. Candid's clear aligners are sent directly to your home and customized specifically for you to fix and straighten your teeth. Use their at-home modeling kit and then send back your impressions and some photos. Candid's network of highly trained orthodontists will then review your specific case and provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like. After you receive your 3D preview, you decide if you want to move forward or not. You can also talk to a real person at any time if you have any questions. They'll even set up a video call to walk you through the modeling process. Candid's treatments take, on average, six months and cost about 65% less than braces. It will literally save you thousands of dollars. It would have saved me a lot of money. I've had a couple kids go through braces. It is not cheap. Uh, You're one step away from getting straighter, whiter teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee and go to candid.com slash sticks to save 25% on your modeling kit. That's candid.com slash sticks to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. Candid.com slash sticks. All right, what's next, Buck? The Colts are dark horse contenders. Andrew Luck going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone. Touchdown, touchdown, T.Y. Hilton. 68-yard bomb from Andrew Luck to T.Y. And the Colts lead it 16 to nothing. I mean, don't look now, but Andrew Luck and company have worked themselves into a position where they can make the playoffs. Better yet, they may be able to challenge the Houston Texans for the division crown. I know they're a couple games back, but the way that they are playing, man, it has been outstanding. We could talk about the reemergence of Andrew Luck as one of the top quarterbacks in football, 
But really, it's the construction of a solid offensive line and Frank Reich's timely play calling that has helped this team find their rhythm. I love what I see from the Indianapolis Colts. They play football the right way. Five games, no sacks, right? I went back and looked it up. How about uh, how many times he's been hit in those games? This last game against Tennessee, you know how many times Andrew Luck was hit? Zero. And clean pocket. Jacksonville, he got hit twice. Against the Raiders, he got hit once. Against Buffalo, he got hit twice. And the Jets hit him four times. I think Leonard Williams hit him three. But, I mean, no sacks in those games. But barely even getting hit. Barely even getting touched. I put a play on uh, on Instagram. Just wanted to show how clean his pocket was on the long touchdown to T.Y. Hilton. And the follow-through. It, Buck, it looked like reminiscent just being out at the driving range. Just, you know, just chilling. Just kind of nice and easy. Hit some balls. That's that's. I haven't seen Andrew Luck get a chance to do that. You know, and, and the funny thing about this game, this was a T.Y. Hilton game. Previous oh, weeks, Dory Jackson been, shadowed him, by the way. Man, ooh, no bueno. No it bueno. had been all about their ability to really target the tight ends. They have so many tight ends that they could use Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Mo Ali cox Eric Swope, on and on and on. But this game, they went outside. They found a matchup in T.Y. Hilton, and they relentlessly attacked it. Nine for 155, two touchdowns, averaged 17.2 yards per catch. And not only did he have nine receptions, he was only targeted nine times. So every time they That's threw it to good, T.Y., right? yeah. Wide open. Yeah, that works. Uh, all right, next one here. Vaughn Miller, he's a, he's a game wrecker. A kick to win it. Snap, placement, kick on the way. It is gone! It's over! Denver celebrates like I've rarely seen in a regular season game. Yeah, they were celebrating all right. This is a game, look, the Chargers had a chance. In this football game, they were up 19, uh, 19 to 7. They're driving to score. It's going to be a 26 7. It's a laugher. I mean, it's over. And then all of a sudden, Von Miller just comes out of nowhere, picks off a little screen, takes it all the way back almost for a touchdown. They end up scoring there. All of a sudden, now you've got a ball game. Uh, and then at the end of the game, in a, in a very just peculiar end of the game scenario, Chargers hit Antonio Gates for a big first down. Third and like third and seven. It was long. Mm-hmm. Beautiful throw from Rivers. They get a first down. They on first down then run the ball for seven yards with Melvin Gordon. It's second and three. They've just exhausted the timeouts of the Denver Broncos. No timeouts left here. It's a two minute warning. Oh wow. So or, or no, no, sorry, sorry. Right right before the two minute warning. So then now it's second and three. They have a run to the right. Melvin Gordon goes the wrong way to the left. So Phillip Rivers has to take a sack, four yards. So now it's third and seven. Now at this point, I'm third and seven, two-minute warning. They're out of timeouts. So you're, at the, you're, at the, you're going in. You're at the 45-ish around midfield. So what's the deal here? You've, you've got to keep the clock moving. You're either going to yeah, run the football or it's going to be an automatic completion. Run it. You take it all the way down to 115 or so before yeah, the you're going to 40 seconds going to yep. go off the clock. So the Chargers want to try and win the game. They want to throw the ball. I understand that it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be completed, no matter what. So the play, and Philip Rivers explained this after the game, but the play is a is a pass play down the field, I guess, trying to get the seven yards. He sees what he thinks is going to be kind of a press bail coverage, so he checks into a tunnel screen. Oh. Now keep in mind, Von Miller's already picked off a screen in this game, so he drops, he hits a snap in the gun, and Von Miller sniffs it out immediately and darts over there. So as a quarterback, his immediate reaction is. Dirt the, away. dirt the ball. Don't oh, turn it over. Stop the clock. Clock stops. You've got to. You've got to. You fall down. You're. You're. You fall down five yards, seven yards. Take the sack. Doesn't matter. You take the sack. Forty seconds run off the clock. Case Keenum's gonna have just about a minute. And you're gonna. They punted the ball down to the eight yard line. They had. They had. They were at the eight. And you take forty seconds away from them. They kicked the game winning field goal with three seconds left. Yeah. And you gave them. You give for at forty seconds. It just. They just completely. They just. Completely they just blew, blew the end of the game. They blew. They blew the sequence and. 
Um, everyone, I mean, that's that's tough because you have to understand and manage game sequence and game scenario. And obviously, Von Miller was either he, on the check. He made the game. He, he just he he single handedly won that game for that team. I know they made Keenan made some plays, Cortland Sutton and, and Emmanuel Sanders. All that does not happen without Von Miller's first interception and the threat of his second interception. That changed the game. <laughs> changed the game, and and that's one that you. Man, you can't get back. You're the L.A. Chargers. You gotta you're, have that one. You're well positioned because just think if to if tonight on Monday night the Kansas City Chiefs lose to the L.A. Rams, the Chargers are sitting right there. Yeah, you're tied. Place. You're tied. It's the perfect and situation. And you get one more shot scenario. at it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't lose that football game. But anyways, that was uh, it was it was interesting day out there at the StubHub. What's uh, what's next on the list here, Buck? Too little, too late for the New York Giants. Third and one at the two. Manning over center. Offset eye left. Handoff. Barkley smashes up the middle for a touchdown. And the Giants respond and now lead it 37-28 with 3.52 to go. Third touchdown for Saquon Barkley. Look, man. The, He's pretty good. He, he he is definitely everything that we talked about. We talked about him being the best prospect in the draft. And even though um, it's kind of dicey to take a running back up there, he has been everything that the New York Giants could hope for as a playmaker. 27 carries, 142, two touchdowns, catches the ball out the backfield. Get him loose, I mean, two for ten. But what he is able to do, he allows them to be able to salt the game away. And people are going to look at the stat line and say, hey, Eli Manning's playing back. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. 17 of 18. Tampa's terrible on they defense, are, first are. of all. 231 yards, two touchdowns. But what I found was interesting, he was 10 of 10 on play action passes, and that accounted for 155 of those passing yards. And whatever the cause and effect of the running game is, by being able to fake the ball to Saquon Barkley, they were able to really create some – Pass completion opportunities for Eli Manning, for a guy who has struggled, being able to lean on the threat of the run and the running game has really been essential, and it's one of the reasons why the Giants are feeling optimistic about an opportunity of being able to make a run. They've got to, uh, they got to run the table. They've got seven losses, uh, and it hasn't. It's been since 1982, I believe, since a team in the NFC East won the division with eight wins. Ooh. So the odds are you got to get to nine, and they, to nine. they have seven losses. So you do the math. They have to run the table. That means looking at their schedule, uh, they need to win this week at Philadelphia, at home versus the Bears, at the Redskins, at home versus the Titans, at the Colts, uh, and then finish up at home versus the Cowboys. They have got to find a way uh, to rattle those all off in a row to get to the uh, to get to the postseason. All right, let's get to the next one. Let's stay in the division. What an awful injury for Alex Smith. Here comes the blitz. The come clean. Alex Smith under heat. He's steamrolled at the 40-yard line. That takes him out of field goal range. And Alex Smith is hurt. Alex Smith is hurt. He clutched his right knee as he went down, and he is hurt. Yeah, it was a, it was a gruesome injury there. Uh, broke a couple bones in his leg there. And when you hear those whistles and they're calling people out like that, and then you see the air cast come out, you uh, you know it's, that's going to do it for the season for Alex Smith. And this – Redskins team, Buck, still uh, still hanging in there in first place at the moment. But when you look at where they are health-wise at the offensive line, and now uh, it's going to be Colt McCoy's turn. I just, man, even in a in a division where nobody seems to want to win it, I have a hard time figuring out how they get to the finish line here in the East. Yeah, it's tough because I th- I felt like Alex Smith gave them an opportunity to win the East because uh, prior to Sunday's game, he did a good job of taking care of the ball. He had a couple turnovers in that game to kind of help the Houston Texans. But normally, he's the perfect guy for the way that they want to play. A little more conservative. not going to put the ball in harm's way. They're going to lean on their running game and their defense to get wins. Now, with Colt McCoy coming in, and I know Jake Gruden and that staff is really, really high. They're really, really high on Colt McCoy and what he's been able to do for them in the past. But we'll see. It's a little different being the starter. Now they need him to be a playmaker as opposed to a fill-in. 
we'll see if he can do it because the, the schedule is kind of tough for them to kind of coast into the winner's circle. We'll see if McCoy can play well enough to get them there. All right, let's get to, uh, get to the final takeaway here, Buck. Riverboat runs, gambles, backfires for the Panthers. Newton's got the ball, looks, 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 plenty of time. Now pressure comes, Newton throws Enzo, and he's sounded wide. It's incomplete. The Lions hang on to the lead. He was looking for Jarius Wright, who come wide open, wide and Newton open. just sailed it wide. Hey, that was a bad throw by Cam Newton, because you're right. Jarius Wright was wide, wide open on that play, and Cam had all day long just a bad throw. I mean, look, I, I don't really have an issue with Riverboat Ron going for two in that situation. You got to execute. That's a, that's all deal. I just hated the play call. Yeah. Of the million times that we've seen the Carolina Panthers down in the red zone, tight red quarterback zone. Quarterback power. Five, we've seen quarterback power. We've seen various zone reads. We've seen all kinds of creative stuff. I don't like a traditional drop back pass for him. But even with that, with the play call, when I'm looking and Cam drops back and you're going tick, 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 yeah. tick, 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 I'm like, is he going to run? Yeah. Like, oh. Even, even when you look to his left, it's him and one defender. Yeah. Cam is 255 pounds, and we haven't seen many people that have been able to take him down. You take a I charge, just, you can take a charge, but you'll be yeah, in the end zone. I, I, I just can't understand for the life of me why he just didn't run it in. Like, it, it was right there, just, just run it in. The throw was bad and all that other stuff, and yeah, you should be able to make a throw or whatever, but I mean, man. I'll make somebody tackle Cam Newton's. What uh, I mean, your best player. Give it to your best player and say, hey, Cam, I'll give you a two-way go. A little run-pass option, you know, you just run in there, and if you don't like it, throw it. A little it, jump but, pass. Oh, I mean, but something. I mean, this dude is the most prolific scorer at quarterback when it comes to running. Man, run the ball in. Quit trying to prove to people that you can throw it. I can't. I can't argue with that. Uh, but what a uh, one of the more shocking games, I think. I mean, look, the Chargers game was uh, – a big surprise, but man, the the Panthers losing that one to the Lions. I did not see oh, that that's coming. A giveaway. Did not see that one coming. Maybe Maddie P knew something. Maybe practicing in the snow makes you tougher indoors. Yeah, there you go. I, by the way, I went and saw the Grinch with the uh, kids the other night, and I tweeted that out. Who? <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, Maddie P. Who, who would be the Grinch in the NFL? <laughs> Matt Patricia's the first one I thought of. <laughs> Cheer up, man. So, so I think that ain't that bad. It's so angry. So, oh, so rump you up a little bit. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us today on the Takeaway Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Nice work, uh, Kent, behind the glass. Uh, we will be back with another podcast episode. We've got three coming at you before Thanksgiving this week, a little accelerated schedule here. So we got a lot of content coming, right, Kent? What we got? Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a little college football rivalry week preview later this week, Thanksgiving Day previews on the Tuesday show, and then the normal Week 12 preview show coming on Wednesday, and a special cast, Joel Klatt from Fox calling in and going to talk some college football. Yeah, it'll be fun. So we've got a, a fun week for you. So be on the lookout for that. Remember, you can check out all of our videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, youtube.com uh, slash nfl. And if you haven't already, please uh, leave us a little review there on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate those. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We'll see you here next time on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.